Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. So our friend Jeff Ehrman's one of those people uh, with AT&T uh, phone issues. So we'll try to catch up with him later in the show. Our Window Nation Twitter poll of the day is up. Uh, you can go to at Team 980, and I just retweeted it from at Kevin Sheehan DC as well. Uh, the question is not necessarily the question that we're asking right now, but it is what got us into this question, which is did Sam Howell get a fair shot? in 2023. Um, uh, Denton let me know that one of the first responses came from Sabah, who said he got a fair shot, Taylor Heineke didn't. Is that what she said? That is what she said. More of a fair shot than Heineke got. Well, he got 17 starts in one season. He was given all of the offseason reps leading into the, 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 the season, no doubt. From that standpoint, she's not wrong. Taylor was never the off-season starting quarterback getting all the reps. So there you go. But I think most people, reasonable people, can agree that whether it's Sam or Taylor or Dwayne, rest in peace, or anybody else that's been here for a while, we need a quarterback. We need a legitimate, real, high-ceiling quarterback. That's what this organization has to address. It also has to address all of the other things. It's not mutually exclusive. Or these things are mutually exclusive. I think that's how it's it said. Um, 301 301-230-0980. Your thoughts right now on what you feel most confident in as it relates to the first month and a half of this new regime. What do you think you know for sure? Lap, Lap, go ahead. 
Hey, hey, what's up, Kevin? Hey, Lap, how hey, you doing? Hey, Kevin, you can't, hey, you can't say that too loud. You know, so Bob be mad at you for saying um, Sam Howard's slightly better than uh, Taylor Heineke, man. You, you know, you ain't going to hear the end of that one. But, well, but I also uh, said that Taylor Heineke wasn't given the same opportunity that Sam was, which was a full off season designated number one quarterback, yeah. you know, going into – I mean, he – ended up being a backup in every single season he was here and just got the opportunity yeah. because of injured quarterbacks in front of him, Fitzpatrick and then Carson Wentz. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm just I'm just messing with yeah, you, man. I, I know. know how passionate she is. Hey man, I you know, I'm passionate about John Wall. I wish John Wall was here now. That garbage that the Wizards are doing now is it's absurd right now. But hey Don't you like Jordan Poole every man, night? It's kind of funny to watch him play. No, Jordan Poole's got he, he's got to go, Kevin. He's got to go. I, I think it's joke. actually entertaining now to just I don't know that we've watched any player in recent memory that cares less about his job as a, as a as an athlete yeah. on the actual court or field. He looks yeah, like he he's trying to, to sabotage his own else. career. He's got to go. He need to go back to the G League or give us some of that money back. We can put it somewhere else. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah. as far as this team though. Um, I think the only, uh, you know, I think what's only happy for the fans is that Snyder is gone. Um, we don't know really what direction they're going until, you know, we see the play on the field, we see the draft picks, we see free agency, you know what I'm saying? I know they said what they're trying to do, you know, in the press conferences, but we won't see until we visually see it with our own eyes. Um, I like the defensive coordinators, um, Press conference, really nice, man. Got me fired up. I'm hoping that, you know, the defense can really be solid and, um, you know, make plays, fourth turnovers. Um, I would like to see your boy come back, man. I, I know he's a free agent. I know you're big on him, Gibson, man. I, I would like to see Gibson with this coaching staff um, because he's he's really dangerous. I know he fumbles a lot. But uh, for a guy that can run and pass, I mean, run and catch and do punt returns or whatever, I, I think – you know, you should find a way for him. I've, um, it is I've some liked Gibson. I, I would like, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. I know you're a big fan of him. I'm just yeah, I mean, I, I think that – But they can't give him big money, and he's. I don't think he's going to get big money. No, 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 not get big, big money. But if it was a way to work it out, you know, I would like to see Curtis Samuel back too. Uh, those are the only two that I would really, you know, fight to, to get back on the team because I, I think they have something to bring to the table. You wouldn't uh, fight to get Terry McLaurin back on the right? team? Terry McLaurin? Uh, no, I mean, he's still in the contract. So. Oh, I, I, you're talking about free agents. My fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I got yeah, you. I'm talking about free yeah, agents. Thanks. Yeah, I'm talking about free agents. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I hear you. All right, thanks so much, yeah. as always, Lab. Appreciate it. Let's go to Cliff. Cliff, go ahead. Hey, what's going on, Kevin? Hey, Cliff, um, what's going I like on, to man? See them. Nothing much. Um, I like to see them bring Antonio Gibson back, but... Since you already have Curtis um, Rodriguez and uh, Gibson at the um, running backs, I'd like to see them move Gibson back to his natural position at wide receiver based on him being much bigger than the other uh, receivers right. and use him as an emergency running back if needed. Right. But moving back to his natural wide receiver because you're going to need a big receiver in this offense. All right, and moving back to the question, what 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 do you what do you think you know? What are you most confident about in in terms of where this regime is a month and a half into it? Oh well, right now they did the things that you need in order to build this team. You need a general manager, which is good. 
give an F to Dan Snyder on that. <laughs> I'm glad Dan's gone. And it seems like all of them right now are concerned about the team. You hear um, you hear Magic speaking out. You hear um, Adam Peters saying what needs to be done. You're hearing everybody saying something done instead of them sitting on their hands doing nothing. And I sit back okay. and listen. All right, thanks, Cliff. Appreciate it, as always. So here's the question, all right? And let me give you an example. So the question is, a month and a, month and a half into this regime, what do you think you know about this franchise right now? Uh, an answer could be like mine. I know that they need a quarterback. They don't have one on the team. They've got to address it in this offseason. They have an opportunity to do it in a unique position at number two in the draft. I know that they don't have the quarterback of their future on the roster. Uh, Denton said, I know that they have to go out and find a pass rusher. That's what I am most confident in saying about the team currently. They have to go get a pass rusher. They do not have one on the team. That's how it works here. Let's go to Gabe in Woodbridge. Gabe, what do you think you know about this franchise? What are you most confident and knowing right now. Yeah, I think I'm not going to hit so much like like specific personnel, but just kind of like for me, what I totally know is that decisions are going to be made like from a strong foundation. Like it's not going to be chaotic. It's not like football decisions are going to be clean. They're going to be unfettered. They're just there. I think when we get a decision, it's going to be because football minds are thinking about football not lawsuits not you know cheerleader scandals and all that so that's something i feel really strong about and it's getting me excited for the season yeah and that's a good one and i and i and i appreciate that because i think that's how that's the one thing we all for sure know is that in an organization that doesn't include one of the worst owners in sports history Decisions are going to be made by adults and in more of an adult manner, which gives you a chance. Um, so I think we can all agree on that one. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate it. Let's go to Fred. Fred's calling from Southeast. Fred, what do you think you know right now? What are you confident in saying about this franchise a month and a half into the new regime? Good morning, Kevin. How you doing? I'm well, Fred. Um, what I do know, and it didn't take me a month and a half, I know that we don't have a, a, an elite player on the roster. That's what I do know. Yeah. Um, so any, any, anyone that we draft going forward will be a welcoming addition to the team. And also I would like to say that uh, with the number two pick, I, w- I, would like to, I would probably package it. If I could, I would, I would take Justin Fields. I would love to have – I would take Justin Fields here in the heartbeat. That's all I got to say, Kevin. Have a good day. All right. Um... Are you adding an elite player in Justin Fields? I, lo- I, st- I still think Justin Fields has big-time potential. But that's a good answer. I, I, right now, what I know is there's not an elite player on the roster. Um, that's a good one from Fred. I, I, elite player on the roster? I would have told you last year that you have you know, A players in Deron Payne and John Allen and Terry McLaurin. Um, I would have been excited about Jahan Dotson's second year. Uh, I would have been excited about Sam Cosme's third season. 
would have been excited about – I was excited about seeing what they could do with Jamin Davis after he had made some progress in his second year. Um, I think some people thought they had an A player. The, uh, the defense had an A player in Cameron Curl. Um, but, yeah, I think you could say comfortably right now that you're confident that there's not an elite player on the team. You, We saw how many elite players were on the field in the Super Bowl. You need more than zero. That's for sure. Let's go to Steve in Columbia. Steve, what do you think you know for sure right now about this new regime and new franchise? I know that they need to reemphasize the uh, linebacker position. I know they need a pass-rushing defensive end, and I know they need a pass-catching tight end that can not only block, but I'll say a complete tight end. And I also know that there's no longer a single point of failure structure with decision-making, a.k.a. the way that Ron Rivera was doing. Right. Thanks. A good one. You had a couple of them in there. Appreciate that. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan in Old Town. Ryan, go ahead. Hey, what's up, Kevin? How are you, Ryan? And it's, it's, it's Brian with a B, but it's all oh, good. Oh, Brian, I'm sorry. That's so, all right. Go ahead, Brian. Here's what I really think or what I'm sure about. I'm sure that this regime has a vision, a crystal clear vision, and a plan However, I'm just as sure that they have contingencies in place should their plan A not work. What gives me that assurance is kind of what happened with the coaching situation. I think it's safe to say that Ben Johnson was their plan A, but they had a plan B in place, and they were sure about that. So I think the biggest need is quarterback. I think that if they don't have it now, eventually over the coming weeks within their own meetings, they'll formulate with their clear plan and vision is for quarterback, but then they'll have a contingency in place in case that plan doesn't work out. I, I, I like that. You're confident that, you know, you've got people that aren't just thinking about, um, you know, the first, you know, uh, set of players uh, at the top of their list in the draft or top of the list of free agency. They've got contingency plans. Yeah, well, that's the way, you know, adults um, and competent professionals handle it. I, I will tell you, it isn't safe to say that Ben Johnson was plan A. It's safe to say that Ben Johnson was high on the list of people that they wanted to talk to. But like we've been saying, and I know that I've gotten really, you know, a, a bit too stuck on this, but I know what I know. Let me tell you what I do know. They loved Dan Quinn from the very beginning. The owner loved Dan Quinn from the very first interview. Dan Quinn was always uh, in the process that they were going through very, very high on the list. Um, But I don't think they had a choice A or a choice B or a choice C. They had a plan, which was a process, to interview a certain number of individuals that they identified as as people that they thought would make good head coaches. As it turns out, Ben Johnson wasn't interested in being a head coach. Paulie, Paulie, go ahead. What do you know for sure a month and a half into this regime? Hell to the W. It's good, big guy. Hail to the W. Hey, I loved your lefty story. I know it was Ben Johnson's job to turn down. You do? Well, what I'm, yeah. I, it was How do ben you know Johnson's that? Job to turn down. How do because you know if, that? If the owner was that blown away about Dan Quinn, see what he got the job. You know, three weeks before that, he got Why? the job. 
Why? Not wait, not waiting out just to interview a guy that has some quirky personality. It wasn't just him. There no, were other interviews that they wanted to 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 to, to go through. Okay, they had a process. Yeah, they really wanted to Paulie. interview Eric Glenn. Huh? No, but they really wanted Listen, to interview man. Mike McDonald. They really wanted to interview Ben Johnson. Um, they wanted to interview okay, Raheem if, Morris. Wait. Yeah, they did. They they had done all that. But yeah, yeah I understand that, but they could they couldn't Johnson. interview Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald or Anthony Weaver or Aaron Glenn yeah. until after their 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 championship uh, you know game after the all, championship game. I do, but I'm just going yeah. by what you just said. You just said that that he was blown away by him. He was very impressed with him I, from day one. I think everybody so if, was. If, if, listen, man. If I, uh, listen, if I'm hiring somebody and I and I love somebody, then that's my guy. I'm gonna get him regardless of who's who else is out there. I'm not gonna say, well, I like this guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on a back burner and, and possibly lose him to another organization because I'm gonna wait on these two three guys when they get finished with the championship run. I, no, I it think was Ben Johnson's job to turn down, which is cool. It's, it's it's cool. I'm just saying, you know, like the last caller said, they had a contingency plan. But really, I wanted to say. I'm telling was, you uh, right now, though. I, this, this, this hold on, stop, stop. I'm telling you right now. I'm not. I, I'm. This is not opining here. I'm telling you what I know, and I told you what I knew long before people got frustrated with the coaching search. They were going to go through this process, this meticulous process. They were not going to make a decision until they had everybody on their list that they had a chance to sit down and meet with. They may have identified Ben Johnson as a guy of high interest, high-level interest, maybe even said, man, love this dude's off. They didn't know anything about him, and as it turns out, had they sat down with Ben Johnson – and I think we understand this now, even if Ben Johnson had expressed interest based on what he's done the last two off seasons, I bet you that they would have turned away from him anyway. I don't think it was his job no. to turn it down was ben at all job to turn down. I listen for you. For, I listen to you almost every day and for two, three weeks a month. I listen to you say that they're going to get the number one off season head coaching candidate in Ben Johnson. I mean, well, no, 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 no. You just phrased that completely that inaccurately and unfairly. What I said is okay. all of the reporting would indicate that Ben Johnson is their is is their number one choice and they are waiting for Ben Johnson because that's what all the reporting said. We have certainly found out after the fact the reporting was not accurate. Okay. I didn't say to I you I did not tell you and say Ben Johnson is their number one choice and they're gonna hire Ben Johnson. I said that's what the reporting okay. is suggesting. I'm, 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 okay. I'm gonna pull your receipts on that one. You pull, pull all the receipts, receipts you want. Pull the receipt though where I told DM. you Dan Quinn blew him away and way. Dan Quinn is definitely in the hunt for this job three weeks before they hired him. Pull that receipt. No, I'm I'm not denying that you didn't say that. Okay. All I'm saying is that it was Ben Johnson's job to turn down. I don't think it was. I I respectfully disagree with you. Let's move on. Because that has nothing to do with this regime. You're, 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 you you want to relitigate. A lot of people want to do this on Ben Johnson. I don't get it. But anyway, continue. What do you know? What do you feel confident about? told us for a whole month that he was going to be our guy. The reporting did. Yep, that, no that, doubt that about it. Ben Johnson was yep, and it was what Ben Ben Standig sniffed it out before anybody else. 
said this is hey, perhaps is an good, echo man. chamber. Ben Stanton is good. Ben, ben Stanton has been on point this whole offseason. You're right. Since our season ended. But, but um, my confidence is, man, we need a quarterback at, at number two. All y'all people talk about Sam Howe didn't get a fair shot is ridiculous, man. The man started 17 games. You see what he is. His ceiling is not that high. Right? We want to be one of those teams. We need a Josh Allen. I mean, we need a Jared Goff. He was number one pick in the draft. Sam Howell is not even, it won't even be a Jared Goff. We need to get a franchise quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback, man. And when you're in this position for the second time in eight years, you can't pass up on it. Because this is where you get your franchise quarterback at in a high in in high in the draft, the, the first couple of picks, or or hopefully you know if you got a good succession plan like Green Bay at some point in the first round. But for everybody holding out this hope to let's trade back and let's do this, and, and uh, Sam Howell is going to be better under better regime. Well, Sam Howell is going to be who he is, a solid quarterback maybe. But I'm telling you, if we take a quarterback at two, which we should, they should trade Sam Howell. Because it's not, I'm not trying to develop two quarterbacks at one time. And and the whole thing about it is Sam Howell is not going to get developed sitting on the bench. So he needs to be out of here anyways. But the fact that people think that we could just pass up again at number two, yeah. we passed up on two and Herbert. So now we want to pass up on, on four or two more quarterbacks. It's just, that's, this Sam Howell thing blows my mind of how people – just think that he's the next coming to Drew Brees. He's not. He went in the fifth round for a reason, and we've seen the reasons why. He might end up being a good backup, or he might end up being a, a guard of Minshew. Look how long it took. Look, this Minshew in his fifth year, sixth year? Oh, we Look, don't have five you, years to you know, you know to I'm with you on this, 100%. And it, it, it mystifies me, too, when people get really adamant, and they are absolutely convinced that this is the right thing to do. But what they're basing it on is Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Pax, you know, um, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota, uh, number, you know, Blake Bortles. That's what they're basing it on. And I get that. <laughs> but the, but with all of those guys, know, there's also been, you know, as we know, how wouldn't you like to have Joe Burrow? Wouldn't you like to have, uh, 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 at this point, C.J. Stroud? It's early. Wouldn't you like to have Justin Herbert? Would you like to have Lamar Jackson? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
Wouldn't you well, like, but, Jer- but, Jer- but Jared Goff was one where probably people are saying, no, I wouldn't want Jared Goff, but you're right. Why would you I'd want right- Jared Goff? I'd much rather Bowl. have Jared Goff than two, Sam Howell. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to two NFC. Even the year people were saying Jared Goff was bad, he took the team to the playoffs. Yeah. He won a playoff game with a bad right. wrist. He did. So, like, come on, man. Well, Listen, but that, McDonald's will never turn into Ruth's Chris. Okay. <laughs> no, it won't. W, man. No, it won't. But sometimes, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot less expensive. And that's what people really are hanging their, their hats on. It's like, he's cheap. It's a rookie deal. We can build around him. People, we saw him for 17 games. His ceiling isn't hey, listen, that high. Man. You're not going any. Well, he could be Brock Purdy. Actually, no, I don't even, th- he's not Brock Purdy. Um. Anyway. All right, see ya. We got to change that narrative, man. We need a franchise. No, people are entitled to the opinion, and the opinion's based on how it is a crapshoot on quarterbacks even high in the draft. But that's where you get them from, to your point. It is. It is. But your odds are better, man. You can't pass up for for the second time in eight years at a quarterback at number two. Four years. What are you talking about? Eight years. Four years. It's four years ago we had number yeah, I'm two. I'm just thinking if we – no, what I'm thinking is I'm thinking is if we pass up on him again, it's going to be another four years oh. before we get back yeah. in this position. You know right. what I mean? I'm just saying you can't pass that up, right. man. Take the quarterback and let's move forward. Stop trying to build around and then plug in the quarterback. That rarely happens, man. But mm. you know what happens more than, that, than plugging in the quarterback? Drafting the quarterback when, in the first five picks and You're he's being right. successful. Right, like, I got to go. Start, I got to go. Gonna turn it man. into the, the Sheehan and Pauly show, which uh, Pauly could do a show. Um, Robert in Annapolis, finish it up for us. Go. What I think you can be most confident about, regardless of anything else, just this coaching staff, uh, as opposed to last year's coaching staff, should result in at least two more wins. That puts you at six. <laughs> Boy, that's exciting. If you can upgrade at the quarterback position, however you do it, I'm not getting into the draft him or free agent debate, but if you can update or upgrade just at the quarterback position, that should give you another win or two. Now you're getting to seven, eight. Then you're going to need some luck. One or two would be five or six. We won four huh? last year. Okay, so the coaching gets you up to six. A quarterback upgrade gets you to seven or eight. Then if you get some breaks during the season, now you're getting into that nine territory, which could put you on the brink of maybe sneaking into the playoffs. So you're most confident that they just have a much more competent coaching staff this year? I do. I I do. Now, I'm not as high on this coaching staff as others are, but they've all had some semblance of success, but then you have to also factor in uh, they all wound up uh, at the end not doing so well wherever they were, but they're much more competent than what you had last year. So you start with that, and then we'll get into the debate on what you should do with the draft. And I'm going to get back to you before the draft, if I can, at some point. I think you're uh, overestimating the talent evaluation skills of your new general manager, but i got to come in with data on that, okay? Yeah, I'd like data considering he's never been a general manager. I'm going to evaluate sure exactly his, what he was responsible first, for in San Francisco. 
Well, I, there's no way I'm going to know, exactly know that, but I'm yeah. going to evaluate okay. the, the last 10 years, the seven with San Francisco and the three can't with wait Seattle. For, I can't wait for your reckless, or your reckless speculation on Adam Peters. No, no, no. I'm going to get data. I'm not just going to speculate <laughs> on it. I'm going to evaluate right. his first three rounds because that's how I All evaluate. Right. I if you hit roll. on a six or seven, that's luck. Okay. Let's see it, Robert in Annapolis. Uh, we are going to move on from this topic, but some good, lively conversation. Uh, Ben Raby uh, from the Caps Radio Network will join us next. We'll talk some Alex Ovechkin, the run he's on. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. Buck far wing to Oshie, who will carry it in. Right side, centered to Strom, and a shot attempt. Rebound, Ovechkin scores! It's a two-goal night for Alex Ovechkin. His 16th of the year. Six to two lead. John John Walton, Caps Radio Network. Uh, Ovechkin eight goals in his last eight games. He had eight goals in his first forty three games of the year. His sixteen goals are now third on the team behind Strom and Mantha. And the Caps are on a two game win streak tonight. They are in Tampa to take on the Lightning. Uh, their schedule gets a little bit tougher here after the good wins over uh, Montreal and then a big win over New Jersey the other night. Six goals uh, for the Caps in that one as they try to work their way back into playoff contention. Joining us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com is our good friend Ben Raby as part of the Caps pregame, in-game, post-game on the Caps radio network. You can follow follow Ben on X on Twitter, at BenRaby31. So what p- kind of precipitated, what prompted this run from Ovechkin? Because it seemed like this was not in the offing two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, and good to be with you, Kevin, again. Uh, I think a couple of things. Number one, the eight goals in 43 games to begin the year. At some point, there was a sense he would turn the corner eventually. Did any of us predict he would be at a goal a game pace here? Eight goals over eight over these last couple of weeks. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, right, as far as what Ovechkin is these days. But a couple of things have worked in his favor. He did take advantage of a lengthy all-star break and bye week and recharge the batteries, et cetera, went overseas. There were widely circulated pictures of him riding camels with his, uh, with his family, and he clearly he took his mind off the game. He took his mind off the game. He didn't take part in the all-star game. It was the first time in his career. He wasn't even you know extended an invite to be part of the all-star game festivities. So he completely turned everything off, recharged, et cetera, came back the team around him has been playing a little bit better since the all-star break as well a different looking power play unit which struggled at the start of the year has been clicking a little bit more consistently of late obviously he's a big part of that he's had a number of power play goals over this eight game stretch as well and he's playing very well on a line now with tj oshi who's played very well over the past few weeks and dylan strom so i think a few things have Works in his favor. Is this sustainable? A goal a game pace down the stretch? Probably not to this extent. And again, I think the truth probably lies somewhere in between the sluggish start you could say that he had to begin the year versus the really hot stretch he's been on over these past couple of weeks. 
So what I'm hearing from you is that the sluggish start wasn't necessarily a concern for those of you watching, that you thought he would break out of it, you thought he would look more like Alex Ovechkin, not eight goals in eight games, but that it wasn't necessarily a sign of decline. I wouldn't go that far, Kevin. I'll say the days of him scoring 40, 50 goals a year could very well be in the rearview mirror. Our antennas have collectively gone up based on what he's shown or at times not shown this season. That said, to have eight goals by the time you you get to mid-January, you know, he at some point a few weeks ago, I believe, was on a 15, 16-goal pace. Uh, Again, we didn't necessarily think it would be to that extent, if you follow. He's probably going to settle in here the next couple of years. He has two years remaining on his contract still with the Wayne Gretzky record well within reach, he could settle into a, you know, 25, 30, low 30 goal range type of pace. Again, the days of 40, 50 plus, he scored north of 40 as recently as just last season. And I think we've collectively understood based on the play this year, there's been a noticeable dip. There there, there was, especially early on this season. Um, And again, the, the days of the 40 plus, might be in the rearview mirror, but that's not to suggest he won't continue to be maybe a 30-goal scorer, which is you know nothing to nothing to brush aside casually. Right, but but I think it's important for those like me who aren't paying attention night in and night out to understand, and, and you'll be able to put it in much better terms in terms of a description, that he's not just out there trying to chase down Gretzky's record. He's a significant player on their team, and if they're going to get back into this in terms of being in the playoff mix, he's significant in 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 making that happen right like this is not a guy so far out of it at the end of his career that he doesn't deserve to have the time on ice that he's getting no no certainly and again a key cog he still plays the full two minutes on on the power play and again you're talking about a 25 30 goal scorer who certainly is worthy of the big minutes and i I should mention as well another thing that contributed to maybe the sluggish start and and some of the challenges he's experienced here that he'll have to continue to adjust is the absence of nicholas backstrom his longtime running mate evgeny kuznetsov when he was in the lineup this year wasn't himself kuznetsov isn't with the team right now and this could be a lengthy absence you know personal reasons player assistance program etc so you're talking about really the two guys who ov has relied on for large stretches of his career, as far as the distributors, the playmaking centermen, et cetera. So again, he's settled in now. He's on a, he's doing well on a line with Dylan Strom and TJ Oshie, but there were certainly factors around him, which may not be changing that also, you know, shouldn't be overlooked when explaining, you know, what, what may have, or what may has contributed to, to a decline this year as well. So what about their, chances here you know I I was thinking you know with Ovechkin's sort of resurgence as a goal scorer here over the last you know two and a half weeks that you know last year there was no Ovechkin in the postseason right now the Ovechkin would not be in the postseason this is something that I would bet the NHL would love to be able to highlight is Washington in a playoff series Alex Ovechkin back in the postseason um what are their chances they've played better of late uh, it would appear that the the goaltender from the other night, Lindgren, is their better yep. chance. Just give me an overall view of the team and what you think their chances of getting back into contention and perhaps snagging one of the two wild cards or or the third place spot in the Metropolitan yeah. are. 
Yeah, I think objectively speaking, those chances are slim. And to your original point about the NHL would probably desire another Ovechkin run in the postseason. You could put Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins in that exact same conversation. The right. parallels between the two teams are, are, are pretty remarkable. Again, Crosby and the Pens missed the playoffs last year. They're even lower than the Capitals in the standings now. The odds of them making the playoffs appear slim as well. But uh, I'll tell you this, that the, the odds, objectively speaking, for the Capitals to make a run, they're probably stacked against them. That said, I'll say just looking short-term here, it's a big week for the Capitals. They play starting tonight. They play four games in the next six nights, okay? Four games in the next six nights. Tonight they're in Tampa Bay one of the teams they're chasing for a wild card spot. They're seven points behind Tampa Bay, but they do have three games in hand. So this tonight in Tampa Bay is an important game. And then this four-game stretch, I'm talking about four games in the next six nights, it culminates next Tuesday in Detroit. The team the Capitals are closest to as far as the playoff cutoff. Detroit is the second wild card spot, and they're six points behind the Red Wings. So those are going to be two pretty big games here within the week, two of the teams they're chasing. I I think what is difficult in the Capitals' pursuit here of the wild card spot is I referenced their six back of Detroit, seven back of Tampa Bay. Those point totals aren't necessarily insurmountable, but the problem is you have other teams between the Capitals and the teams they're chasing, the New Jersey Devils the New York Islanders. In other words, you know, you're trying to chase down teams currently in playoff positions, but that's not to suggest the other teams also in the running aren't going to make a, a, you know, a climb themselves. So it's it's competition in addition to the points that need to be made up. So, you know, when they signed Darcy Kemper, I know that there were super high uh, expectations. Um, is he just nowhere near as good as Charlie Lindgren? Give me just, you know, a minute on the goaltending situation. Yeah, well, Lindgren's been very good. He's been terrific value. He signed, as far as a salary cap hit, at just over a million a season. He signed as a backup, whereas Darcy Kemper signed $5 million plus for someone to be the undisputed number one. If you look at them as a tandem, Kevin, and you're spending – six and a half million on your two goaltenders collectively they're getting okay value from that they're getting pretty good value from that but that's largely because charlie lindgren is picking up the slack lindgren has largely uh i shouldn't say overachieved but uh you know gone beyond the expectations if you will charlie lindgren has been terrific he came in here as a backup but look when he plays and he's earned more playing time he's earned more starts he doesn't only start the second half of back-to-back like a traditional backup might. He's gotten some some big boy assignments. He had a shutout a couple of weeks ago in Boston, you know, playing the, the league leading at the time, Boston Bruins. So if not for Charlie Lindgren, you know, it's very possible the Capitals would be even further down the standings. He was arguably the team's first half MVP. He's been very good, was very good the other night against New Jersey as well. Um, I think there is an appetite from Darcy Kemper, a Stanley Cup champion in the past. The guy who certainly, again, a big salary cap hit, came in here, was supposed to be the undisputed number one. I think there's an appetite for, for some more consistency there. But if you, if you combine them, in other words, if you just take the goaltending as a whole, uh, the goaltending has been pretty good overall uh, on the season. It's, it's not the reason why they're outside of playoff position of anything, if not for some solid goaltending, they could be even lower down the standings. 
We're talking to Ben Raby from the Caps Radio Network. So I, I wanted um, – one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is I, I was looking something up uh, last night um, about this Austin Matthews who's on this mm. role. He scored his 50th and 51st goals of the season last night. He's chasing Alex Ovechkin's single-season goal mark for this century – um, which is 65 goals. Ovechkin had uh, 65 in 2002, uh, 07-08. And then I looked at the all-time goal scoring in a season list. And Ovechkin's 2007-2008 season was 24th on the list. Gretzky had 92 goals in a season, had 87 goals in a season back in the 80s. So I do know that it was a more free-flowing game and the game was played differently. I didn't realize that the scoring was so much different. Explain why the game today or in this century is so much different than the Gretzky-Lemieux days. Yeah, well, two things quick are just, the goaltending, the goaltending equipment, the amount of net they cover, the athleticism of the goaltending, the goaltending position is far different than it was decades ago. Goaltenders are bigger, they're better, they're more athletic, there's less net to shoot at. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is teams are coached differently. Teams are coached, defensive-minded teams, you know, systems are put in place. You know, it was introduced in the 1990s, the old neutral zone trap. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a more, teams are better structurally, defensively sound, if that makes sense. And scouting reports are better, play, player, players defend and know the opposition better than they did back then. But it's the goaltending and the way teams are coached, the way defensive, if you want to say fundamentals, details are, are more closely emphasized those are two of the biggest reasons the the counterpoint though kevin the the counterpoint that sometimes comes up is that the equipment is also better for the shooters the sticks alex ovechkin uses the sticks austin matthews uses are far superior to the sticks and the equipment and all that that was available decades ago as well but i think when the dust settles you give the edge to the goaltending and the way teams are structured defensively uh there's a lot less uh, that's made available as far as offensive opportunities and scoring chances uh, as compared to uh, back in the day. Not to take that away from the Gretzkys, the Lemieux, the Brett Hulls, the big numbers they all put up, but I would say, Kevin, if you look mid-90s on, I believe Ovechkin's 65 goals since 1994, so the last 30 years, are the highest uh, single-season total. If not number one, it might be number two, but it, it, it's really over the last 30 years that those crazy 70 80 goal seasons yeah. have gone by the wayside so, so my my conclusion for a non-hockey guy was wow ovechkin probably in hockey circles may not be considered the greatest player of, of all time that's that's gretzky or lemieux etc and you probably have a top you know five to, to ten list and, and ovechkin is somewhere on the outside or just barely in it but in terms of pure goal scores given what he's accomplished the 838 now during this era yeah what would gretzky's numbers have been had he played during the same time frame that ovechkin played well, or conversely, you could ask what would Ovechkin's numbers have been played if he if he was playing right, right. in the '80s and early '90s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, I, I agree with you. I get what you're saying. Yes, yeah, so they say era adjusted, 
era adjusted, his numbers would be would be the best. He'd already be the goal scoring king. And to that point, I, I still believe he's still going to get the fifty seven goals he needs in this era to pass Gretzky as the all time goal scorer. So then you don't have to worry about era adjusted numbers or anything. I think he's gonna pass them anyways. But to your point, certainly when you consider factors around both players, the environments, and not to take anything away from Gretzky or anything, but certainly I think when you look at what, you know, the eras that they're doing it in, yes, to your point that there there is an argument that could be made. Is he, that considered the greatest, is he considered the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game by people inside the game? Gretzky or Ovechkin? Ovechkin. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I was going to say that the, the crazy thing about Gretzky, and, and we'll throw some verbal bouquets his way here, Kevin. The crazy thing about Gretzky is he's the great. He 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 has the most goals in NHL history. He, he wasn't even a goal scorer. Like Ovechkin is a goal scorer, right? It's what Ovechkin right. does. He's a, Gretzky was a playmaker who happened to score the most goals along the way in league history, which is yeah. crazy. But but. Yeah, I, I think the argument could already be made that Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer. And I, I, I do think there are some folks who are starting to recognize, you know, without looking too far ahead, Austin Matthews could maybe one day uh, enter that uh, enter that conversation. I, I, I want to I make a, a real quick, uh, actually, not to go too off topic here, Kevin, just funny talking about the, the difference in, in eras and all that. And we're talking about how defensively it's gone up in hockey over the decades. I noticed recently with the NBA, I'm going off topic. I apologize, Kevin. I noticed recently in the NBA, you'll appreciate this. Go back 20 years ago to 2004. The highest scoring team in the NBA in 2004 would be the lowest scoring team today. Just average points per game. Crazy. I stumbled into that. It was was whatever team it was. It may have been Dallas or Phoenix. The highest scoring NBA team in 04 would be today. The lowest scoring team in the NBA. The lowest so the scoring team right now up. in the NBA is the Memphis Grizzlies, averaging 107.1 points per game. And to to your point, in the 2002, uh, the 04, the Mavericks were the highest scoring team at 105.2. Yeah. It's you know it's a combination of I mean. In the mid-2000s, when they eliminated the hand check and created a more free-flowing game, we got a game that was much more aesthetically pleasing, A, and B, resulted in much higher scoring games. Remember, we had those NBA finals with, like, you know, the Nets and the the Pistons and and, and Spurs, where final scores of games were, like, 80 to 76. Um, But this year, there has been a bump like we haven't seen before. And there's been a lot written about why. Um, But one thing is for sure, we've never seen the skill level from a shot, from a shooting standpoint and from a shot making standpoint ever be higher in the sport. It is from distance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's from distance. It, the the distance of the three-point shot, not the emphasis on the three-point shot, which changed the game, the distance of where they took the three-point shots from and where they take them from now, which really was initiated by Steph Curry, yep. has changed the total geometry of the floor. It's created just this massive floor and middle of the floor that can't be defended. You know, yeah. when you, when you have to extend your defense out to 40 feet or 35 feet, it just changes how much easier it is for offenses to attack, and 
that's really as much as anything what's changed, along with obviously the rules. There's now a push to bring hand-checking back into the game uh, to slow down some Plus, Kevin, the number of players who could shoot it from long range. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, I've heard all the complaints about the All-Star game, whatever. I mean, to me, it's not a game. It's an exhibition. But what what was on display in that exhibition is just some of the highest-skilled basketball players ever. Like – I, I'm not, you know, I'm not pushing back on the old man get off my lawn people who say the 1962, you know, NBA Finals are, you know, it was poetry. Um, those guys could play. Don't get me wrong, but there's just, it's not just the physical evolution; it's the evolution of skill. The skill level is higher than it has ever been. Shooting, ball handling, everything is just at a level that we've just never seen it before. It's actually, I think it's fun to watch, but to your point, the NBA is the flip. Yeah. And I I think to bring it full circle there, I think there's an appetite in the NHL in hockey to have the skill of the high end players on display even more. There has been an uptick in goal scoring over the past few years, but to what we were saying a few minutes ago, it's not anywhere close to where it was even just as recently as 30 years ago, and I don't think they'll ever get back there because of the goaltending and the coaching and the defensive you know, elements that are in place that weren't uh, decades ago in the case of hockey. Ben Raby, everybody. We'll talk college hoops next time because that's Ben's true passion. Um, but thanks for doing this as always. I'll talk to you soon. We'll be at the ACC tournament. It's a big Tuesday. Can't wait for the 10 versus 15 game. <laughs> Appreciate it, Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, it's in town. Uh, It's just weird to have the ACC tournament in D.C. when Maryland's not in the ACC and no local school is in the ACC. Weird. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this as always. Ben Raby, everybody. Kevin Sheehan showed the Team 980. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 